When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the mid-alt that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. Hello, everybody. Uh, now, I apologise in advance because I'm about to say a rude word. Pension. Ha, maybe you're super organised. Or maybe, like me and Annabelle, you're immobilised by chronic pension panic. Oh, and here's another rude word. Paperwork. I mean, can you bear to rifle through the drawer of dread and dig out all those old documents that you never even read at the time? Which leads us to denial. If I don't think about it, then I don't have to deal with it. But the panic is still there, growing with each passing year. Which is why we are delighted that this podcast is brought to you by Pension Bee a leading online pension provider that enables savers to be pension confident by helping them transfer their old pensions into one new online plan. Now for a nice word, simplicity. With Pension B, it's all streamlined so you don't have to crawl through 500 complicated options. Download the app or head to pensionb.com for more information. That's pensionb.com. Pension planning without the pain. Capital may be at risk. Hello, everybody. I'm Annabelle and I'm absolutely fine. But lots of talk of perimenopause and do not neglect your hormones and do not allow yourself to be misdiagnosed by the patriarchy when clearly you're in perimenopause or actual menopause. Who knows? So off I went to the doctor with my list of symptoms, as the amazing Lisa Snowden told us to do. Do you remember, Ed? Go with a list so they can't say no. Go with a list. I went with my list. Insomnia right at the top of my list. Sort of, I don't know, aching joints or something at the bottom of my list. And he, he did all my blood tests. And it turns out that he said, you are in no way menopausal. Your ovaries are functioning perfectly. At which point I was absolutely furious because I'd hung everything on this result. So I said, I've heard, distinguished medical professional I've heard that bloods actually don't count for that much so I don't think it's all biochemical (laughs) I think if you'd taken my bloods at 28 I would have had even more hormones so I say that I am perimenopausal and I want to take the hormones and he said if you don't need them it's highly unlikely they will help you but I am not against you trying them (laughs) I sit here my friends dripping in oestrogen Coated. Do you think I can rub up? Coated. Yeah, if you get too close to me, you'll sort of get pregnant. You know, yeah. I don't know what's going on, but but here I am. 
who knows? I've got slightly sore boobs. Who knows if it will help? He says it's fine. It's balanced with some progesterone tablets. So let's see if the biochemistry or the lived experience wins. <laughs> you actually sent me an email with the letter just going, grrr. Like, you must be the only person in the world who's sort of angry that they're not perimenopause or, oh. but anyway, maybe that's a symptom of itself. So sleep deprived, need yeah. some answers. How are you, Em? Well, I am absolutely fine, but... I discovered something slightly disconcerting. And uh, listen, I'd like to say that we're not usually ones to sort of pass on the dread, but everybody should check their driver's licenses. And that sounds like a sort of, um, like a stupid thing to do, but actually my driver's license expired in July, 2021. But did I know this? Well, no. does anyone know they expire every 10 years? I did not know this. I thought that you had, you, you passed your test and you weren't tested again until you were kind of compromised at 70. And that was only for like road safety, nothing else. But actually check your driver's license because if you are driving without a valid, a valid license, license it invalidates your insurance. It invalidates you are at risk of, you know, if you go into an accident, etc., etc. So and it's illegal. It's also illegal. Also, if you need it as proof of identification, which is how I discovered this, they can say, no, actually, you don't have a valid license and you may have to be forced to go back and go and get another proof of identification, which we already know is a pain in the ass because paperwork is a prick. Anyway. So I bet half the people listening are driving on expired licences and don't even know it. So this is a public service announcement, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So this is my gift to you all. And because it's one less thing to panic about. Because speaking of panicking, one of the areas where we feel we could adult better, besides checking our driver's licences, is money. Now, some people are unemotional, practical and organised when it comes to money. Not these two people. Not these two people. <laughs> you know so well. So we are delighted to welcome to the podcast a money grown-up. Georgie Frost is an award-winning financial journalist who hosts the This Is Money podcast, and she's here to give us an MOT and maybe help us calm the money madness in our minds. Georgie, how are you? Hello, I'm absolutely fine, as is also my driver's license. I've just checked. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I'm going to say something that is um, not, don't just check your driver's license while you're there. A bit of a different one. Check your breasts, ladies. I'm absolutely fine, but my mammogram result wasn't. So I've been called back. It's fine, ladies. Your faces are ridiculous. It's, it's not a problem. Not a problem. I mean, I'm, to be honest, I'm surprised they even got a result because my tits are so tiny. Um, but they did manage to squish something in there and found something. But they've called me back very quickly. Thank you very much, NHS. So um, in two days' time, I'm off to get an ultrasound and have a bit of a feel around. What I will say to that is it's not the first time I've had a mammogram result that didn't come out well. And I had a doctor that said to me very dismissively, "Ugh, you just have dense breast tissues. <laughs> and I felt, and I, and I thought, okay, well, that's nice. But he said it in such a way that I felt so bad that I'd wasted his time for my terribly tiny breasts with their dense tissue that I was quite fearful that should I feel something, I may not go back again. No, mm. I'm not that. I'm not that personality. But if you are that personality that feels like you're wasting someone's time, please don't. Check your breasts. Don't be put off by anybody. Doctors are marvellous normally. There's occasional ones that have, you haven't had their coffee that morning. Um, so do. If you feel something abnormal, remember to go get checked. Speaking of abnormal and dysfunction and things breaking, Georgie, you talk sometimes about performing a money MOT. What the fuck is a money MOT and where do we start? A money MOT, yes, I do. This is um, 
take a look at your life and where you're at and where you should be, basically. What I recommend is that you do this, I know, I know, you do I this about, I literally year. about to say, please, can we not look at our lives? And therefore, this is probably why I find myself in this predicament. Yes. There we go. Exactly. It's like you would with your car. And, and my car is due for an MOT. Again, thank you for reminding me all things <laughs> car related because I'm rubbish at anything car related, um, including driving it and parking it. But it is basically just seeing where you are at in, in, in your life and your goals. So this is all about having financial goals. What do you want to simplify it? Don't talk about things like pensions and mortgages and all that sort of thing. Think about, am I going to get a cruise in retirement? What do I want to do with my life when I'm older and not earning? Do I want a house to live in and enjoy? The financial products and jargon that we talk about are just essentially that, it's jargon. So find out where you are in life and where you want to go. And that's essentially an MOT. Take a look at things like debt. That's the first place to go because debt can be nasty. It can give you sleepless nights. I know I've been there. Do you have expensive debts like credit cards that you need to pay off first? Get rid of those expensive things. Once you've got your debts under control, and, and there are good debts, mortgage is an example of a good debt, so I'm not saying pay off everything that you owe. If you can, that's, that's marvellous, but you know, <laughs> life does carry on. Once you've done that, do you have a savings buffer? This is what we recommend, and this figure really scares people. Three to six months of your essential outgoings should things go tits up. Right. And we've had a lot of things, let's be honest, go rather tits up recently, you know, global pandemics, wars, financial crises, the like. Right. Rainy day funds, it was called in the past. So do you have that? And if you haven't got that, start saving towards that. And what you want is that in like a, an easy access account, right? something that you can just easily get hold of your money. Once you've got that, then take a look at things like how are your pension savings going? Where are you? There's loads of tools you can use. Don't need to give me to bamboozle you. Something like Pension B or you Google it. You know, how much should I have in my pension pot? And you can work out little calculators. You know, how much if I put an extra £100 a month or whatever. Rule of thumb is if you, what age you start at. I hate using rule of thumb because I know where origin comes from, but heuristic just sounds poncy. So basically work out, if you're starting at 40, they say take half your age as a percentage of what you should be paying in. So that's 20% you should be paying of your income into your pension. All I'll say to anyone who's listening to figures and thinking, oh my God, this is way too much. <laughs> Just get started. Just get started. I don't care how much you put in, right? I remember when I was young and vulnerable and actually not that young, um, but vulnerable and didn't know anything about finance. When I first started saving, do you remember those ceramic pots that you just put coins in? Do you remember coins? I mean, God. Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah exactly. And, and I'd put these money in. And I thought, my God, I can't save. I was a sports journalist back in the day. That's a whole nother story. Before I became a finance journalist, knew nothing about money. I thought, I can't save. I was on peanuts. But by the end of the year, and I accidentally broke the pot a bit early. I, I think I just dropped it off the side of the bench or whatever. But, drunk. Um, drunk. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm not saying anything. That, that could quite plausibly be the truth. But um, there was about 400 quid in it. I thought, that's so e That's so much easier than I thought it was. It is just whatever you do, you know, whatever, starting running, you know, opening a pension, just do it. Get started and then let the ball get rolling. I'm not asking anyone to be a financial expert. You know, just... Just get started. So once you've got that started, once you've got your emergency savings sorted out, then you take a look at, can you start looking at investment? Because of course, inflation is so much higher at the moment. Inflation is basically just a posh way of saying how much more stuff is costing us. And let's be honest, 
it's costing a lot. So if you have, let's say, a thousand pounds in your savings account, over years, that won't grow very much because money doesn't grow as much. So are you saying don't let your savings sit in a savings account? Beyond three to six months of that emergency pot that I spoke about, look then at what can you do with that money that's going to beat your best chance of beating inflation. Because just sat there in cash, it's just eroding value as time goes on. Yet we women, I don't know why this is, there's this idea that we're risk averse or whatever. And I think, I don't know if that's true, but I think the narrative has built up around it. Or maybe we're just sort of, we don't feel perhaps is enfranchised the right word within the personal finance industry, you know, the past too many boys talking about derivatives or something that it's put people off and actually, it, oh, it's just safer putting your money in cash, but your money's still losing value in cash. Of course, if you're investing it, it can go up and down, but all the evidence shows historically over the long term, it's your best chance of beating inflation. And look, mm. I'm not telling you to go pick shares and watch stock markets and get a Bloomberg terminal or anything like that. Look, you can just get something like a, a Nutmeg or Hargreaves Lansdowne, Fidelity. Moneybox app is an amazing app where it rounds up your loose change, as it were, and puts it into investments. You don't have to do anything. Literally, you just have, well, you have to put some money in, that helps, right? <laughs> but you don't, even have, you don't even have to put that much. There's this idea that our oh, investing is just for people with loads of money. Look at, no, it's not. You can do it for 20 quid, 10 quid a month if you want. Or with Moneybox, you can just do it with loose change. So. I mean, not literally an exchange, it's all digital, it's an app, but you know, you get the, you get the point. So don't, don't be put off by it and just think of it. It's, it's making your money work harder for you. We have a retirement gap, a really big, we talk about a lot about gender pay gap. That's about 15%. The gender pensions gap is knocking on 40%. Because over time, your money is just losing value if you're keeping it in cash, if you're not putting money into, I mean, that, there's a whole load of reasons why women don't have as much in our pensions. A lot of it is having kids, taking time out, working part time, those sorts of things. But this is your future. This is your future, ladies. Take control. I think that's one way to start to feel safe about money is to sort of, you know, put an end to the, the panicked inactivity of just literally putting it under your mattress, which is what so many of us do. And I also think that's very good advice that you gave right at the beginning that said, start because i think with all of these things we start at the end don't we we think oh my god this is what we need how the fuck are we going to get there okay we're just going to pretend it's not exist because it feels impossible it's like looking at a huge hill and thinking i i have absolutely no idea how to get up there mm. but actually if you don't look at the hill just go day by day and go okay i can do this i can do this i can do this next step and just start we might actually get to the top of the hill without even noticing. Georgie, what do you think about finding a financial advisor to help your hand taking with taking an overview of your money? Do you think that's a good idea? And if so, well, where to find one? A financial advisor, right. Look, a great <laughs> one could be worth its weight in gold. Do you need one? Look, they will cost you money. And I see this, and I, you know, in full transparency, is, is recently I've, I've approached a financial planner slightly different what they do you can get specific ones that will deal with certain things they might be called certain different things so an insurance broker a mortgage broker someone that will deal with certain your pension or certain investments a financial planner will look at your holistic outlook what are your goals in life where do you want to go for me i find that quite useful i've just turned 40 i have a business account i have pa because i'm freelance i'm paid in different ways it can get quite confusing i'm not sure how best to make use of, of my finances. You know, I, I have a partner, but I'm not married. You know, it's all these sort of things. I just kind of, loose ends up, yeah, uh, 
turning 40 MOT, I guess is what I'm doing. And I would like to speak to someone who's a, a professional and qualified. So here's a good point. And, and now is a good time for me to say anything I say in this podcast, by the way, caveat, caveat, I'm not qualified. Um, this is not financial advice, etc., etc. Um, <laughs> I am just a journalist. Um, if you feel those things that I've spoken about, you know, your debt is under control, you have that emergency savings, you have got started on your pensions and those sorts of things, then I think you're in a good stage with which to get to pay for some financial advice. But really, it's a personal decision and it depends on your finances. But they can really help you achieve whatever it is that your financial goals are because they will know the market so much better than you. They'll know how to get the best mortgage deals if that's what you're after. Those sorts of things. So I'd say it really depends on on you as a as a person how much you think that you could get value. Bearing in mind it's going to cost you money. How do you find a reputable financial planner or financial advisor? So there's websites you can go unbiased.com is a good one. I would say start there. Take a look. I mean, in the past you tended just to go with what was ever was around you because you normally see them face to face. But now you can do everything on Zoom. I'm old school. I like a bit of face-to-face, I'll be honest. But things like Unbiased, which is where I went through, they will get you someone that's close to you, so you can choose that if you want to. So I'm meeting them on Friday, by the way. Actually, we're supposed to meet them today, but cancel them so I could do this podcast with you. Yay, so there you go. I love what I could have, the information I could have given you would have been so much greater. No, um, so that, that's what, but I, what I would also say is speak to family and friends, because this is someone that you're going to be trusting with information about your finances, but I always say this, finances aren't just like pounds and pens. They're your dreams. They're your goals. They're your life. They're the ability to sleep well at night. This is what you're entrusting that person with. So make sure you trust them. I mean, they're very highly regulated now. You know, I think back in the dark old days, it wasn't quite so good. But nowadays, it really is. So make sure it's someone that you trust. Do your research. I'd also say, why not check out their social media presence? So I just say, look, you know, ask, ask around, do your research, make sure this is someone that you trust. How important is it to have a pension? Are there ways round a pension? Because for those of us who either never got started or moved, I mean, Emily has a pension from five different jobs that's worth £40 a year. Yeah, they keep sending me letters saying, so great, if you keep going exactly like the way you are, you will have £42 per annum. And I keep thinking, oh gosh, and putting that in the drawer of hell. Yeah, the drawer of hell, which where it shall remain. So some of us never really did it. And now the idea of putting... 23% of our earnings, whatever it might be, a month away, is not possible because there are so many financial demands. Okay, a pension. Is it important? I am a big fan of pensions, so much so that my other half jokes about it, that I do love to talk about pensions. Pension porn. It's not, oh yes, it's not because I'm vastly knowledgeable about pensions. It's not. It's because, and and let me give you a, a if I, if I might, hopefully this can be some sort of an inspiration. When I became a finance journalist in 2014, I was a sports journalist. I never earned more than tw- over 20,000 a year because one, sports journalism is very badly paid. But then when I started to develop my career, I got an incredibly bad back injury, which meant for a year I couldn't work. I didn't know how to navigate the benefit system and I was a bit proud anyway. I didn't want to do that sort of thing. So I took out a credit card. I was not, I've never been a spendy person. I wasn't, I was just spending this money to live. I, you know, I got into quite a lot of debt. 
decided the best way out of that was obviously to do a master's and get into even more debt. Um, <laughs> master's more. was utterly useless, but uh, entertaining nonetheless. Um, so look, I was in a situation when I got offered this job, you know, I still wasn't, my back still hadn't recovered, you know, how many years after it was, six years afterwards. I decided, right, I'm going to get a proper job. I'll, I'll become a PR person or something, I have a proper job. And I'll move down south because I was in Manchester doing sport and I'll recover my back properly. And it was, I was looking for jobs and it was like, anyone who knows anything about radio? And I was like, oh, great, I know about radio, you know, fingers and hair, hand in the air. And then they were like, oh, we'd like you to present a finance show. I was like, finance show, you're joking. There's me sitting on how much in debt? I mean, maybe 20,000 in credit card debt. Maybe, I can't remember. I was like, I had no pension, literally nothing. I, was, I mean, maybe one Guardian one worth about you know, five pence. So I was like, um, okay. <laughs> I don't know why I said yes. I said yes anyway. That then led to obviously me being a, a finance. I went you know, five days a week, four hours. I remember my first interviews were so pensions. Why'd you get into the pension industry? I mean, what a question. Um, <laughs> well, I, and what do they say? But what, I, honestly, I've no idea. I was probably too panicked to think I've got another half an hour to fill of this. Um, but be that as it may, you know, years later, I did win a couple of awards and the, and the like. But the point being is, I started to prioritise my pension. So I was only what? I mean, how, how, how many years ago was this? I was 35 when I started. I had nothing, absolutely nothing. Now, from putting money in, and there will be people that tell you what I have is enough. I've got about 90,000 in a pension. In that small span of time, so six years or something, yes, someone will say to me, oh, you should, yeah, like I said, you should be looking at more than that or whatever. But the point is I got started and, I, and I'm continuing to do so. So if you're, you know, 40, 45, 50, you've still got years to go. And, and looking at all the government talk about it or listening to all the government talk, you'll be working probably forever before you ever get a pension. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, you're looking, if you're starting again at 40, you've got another 25 years if you want to, to keep saving for a pension. That is a lot of time for your money to grow. And look, even if it's not as much as I said, you know, 20%, 25%, 5%, that mm. gets you going, you know what? And then if you get a pay rise, Add a little bit more. Take on a side hustle. Once you start getting in control and engaged in money and you start paying off that debt and you can see that pension pot going up and maybe for you, you might want to pool your pensions together. I've written an article about it. Um, I won't go into it too much detail, but that, you know, there are pros and cons to doing it. But I did that with my pensions. I had about five. I pulled them all together so I could see exactly how much I've got and where I need to go. I find that useful for me. It might not be for everybody. But then you start looking at it. And don't forget, if you've been paying into, you know, your national insurance contributions, if you've been working, you should get a state pension. It's 35 years for the full state pension. But 10 years, if you've been working and paying your national insurance contributions, you should get a little bit extra. That's another 9,000. So look, it's starting to look a little bit better. You know, if you've got a company that's, you know, make sure you're not opting out of getting auto enrollment, for goodness sake. That's free money from your company. Take it. Why I like a pension, again, it's the tax benefit. You put in a certain amount of money and the government will give you tax relief on top of that. And like I said, if you've got a workplace pension, you'll get money from them as well. So to me, it's a no brainer. Where yeah. are you going to get a better deal than that? And as we, you know, inflation is a big buzzword, obviously, at the moment, which is scaring us all. And now that there's this horrific conflict in Ukraine, we're aware that we're going to be feeling that financially as well. How are these things going to affect our day to day finances and how can we safeguard against them, if at all? 
Wow, yeah. Cost of living, you're absolutely right. It was it was soaring, which means stuff is going up. I mean, it, quite simply, we can see that everywhere. Food prices are going up. The thing that's, I think, most frightening, and I don't want to get caught up in the, the narrative that the situation, the terrible situation in Ukraine is the only reason why we're going to see inflation or rising energy bills or rising petrol. Oh, that was uh, all happening before. Uh, that, that was all happening before. This is just the, 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 the awful cherry on top of the, the cake or whatever, for want of a... The shit um, cake. That, yes, thank you. Um, exactly <laughs> right. Um, uh, it's, it's really worrying. Look, as a personal finance journalist, you know, we talk about bills going up and this and that and you know but see where you can save and do a budget and all that but this is going to really I can't even there are people out there who are already doing all of the tips I suggest ever for you know turning down your thermostat and making sure that you're they they know this stuff you know I I feel like I'm patronizing some people because this is going to get so bad that what we're talking about energy bills you're talking about inflation of course that impacts all sorts of things you know rail fares and the like student loans but you're also talking about as i said energy bills going up you know on average 54 percent in april there's talk about them going up again in october to three thousand pounds now that's an average for a typical household if you've got a drafty massive house with loads of kids etc you are looking at way more than that so your energy bill's going up. You've got council tax is going to go up by about 5%. So that's going to add an extra, what, £150 onto your bill, potentially. We've got mobile and broadband rises going up as well. Uh, RPI plus that 3 or 4% extra. God knows what that's for, but there you go. Um, there's all sorts of bills that are going up. National insurance, of course, to pay for the social care levy. So you're going to be taking home less in your pay. This all in all will probably add for most people or take away about £2,000 a year in extra costs. That's April alone. So these sorts, I mean, there are really not a lot you can do about things like energy bills, like I said, except doing the kind of the basics of, of turn down heating, those sorts of things. I don't think we're going to feel the pain so much in April because it's going to be warmer when it's winter is going to be, going to be the hardest time. But make sure you are getting all the benefits that you're entitled to. If you are... If you don't know, there's a place like Citizens Advice, Step Change, turn to us, free debt charities that you can talk to. Please don't suffer in silence. If for energy bills you're really, really struggling, speak to your supplier. They have a duty of care to you to make sure you are not cut off and there is help for you available. So do that. Things like mobile and broadband, right? If you are out of contract, which I think about a third of people are, take a look on a comparison website. Find what the cheapest deal that your company is offering, and I guarantee it'll be cheaper and better than what they're offering you right now. You call them up and you say, I want to go on that deal. And do you know what? They'll go, yeah, probably. I do exactly the same thing. I, um, I'm not one for sort of calling up and complaining or spending hours on queues, uh, you know, waiting for a provider. But my broadband provider sent me a bill saying that I was out of contract or that I was coming out of contract and that they were adding £20 a month to my broadband bill and I was like 20 pounds a month that is that's outrageous that was from 40 to 60 so it's like a I can't do the percentage but it's a lot anyway 50 percent 
yes, exactly. 50% rise, which I thought was outrageous. And I call them up and... I'm uh, now really happy with my maths. I'm so proud I'll of you. I'll quietly be happy with the maths while you tell your story. Okay, it's a really interesting story. Anyway, I, after spending an hour and a half on the on the queue, I managed to get hold of the divine Nicola, who put me on a £37 a month contract. Which was, if you've been paying attention, cheaper than yes, what I was on I now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a cheaper. little bit cheaper. Yeah. But, but it was, and uh, you know, yes, it was a ball ache. But I also the funny thing is you sort of it. called spoiling for a fight and then didn't have to have one. Well, that's also true. I didn't have to have one at all. Thanks, Nicola. But I do think, I do think you do have to, you know, you have to make the calls now. That's, that's where we're at. And I'm not saying, I'm not being cavalier about it. Well, it's it. an it's extension like, of what Georgie's saying, which is just start. Just yes. take control. Just have a look. Yeah. More, more than that, just just think about it. I mean, my maths is, is also not the greatest. But <laughs> no, well, if it's you okay, because we've got Annabelle here. <laughs> okay, great. Annabelle, work this out. Uh, <laughs> if you had been put on to that £60... Yeah. And now you're on 37, right? You are saving, I think, around about, what, £280? Oh, well, help me out there. Uh, yeah, it's about, <laughs> just under, how much would How much do you think that you would have to work in your normal job to get £280? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Less I time mean, than you'd spend holding on the phone. Right. For, for most for most people, it's, you know, that's that's over... Sorry, more days. time. <laughs> more right? time, kind of, yeah. Couple yes. of days work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you've spent, you know, look, I've made a, I've made a batch of brownies on the phone to HMRC once, and uh, <laughs> at the end of the phone call, they said, "Oh, you're gonna have to phone tomorrow because um, I can't remember what it reason." I was just like, "Okay, fine. At least I've got brownies at the end of it." So look, <laughs> make sure just just put them on hold, put them in the corner, your phone in the corner, carry on with whatever you're gonna do, write an article, whatever you do, have it in the background. But think about it. You think I've just saved myself two hundred and eighty quid or something yeah. on. Okay, let's be pessimistic. An hour's phone call. Yeah. Okay, an hour for 280 quid. That's, yeah, yeah. that's not a bad return, right? It's absolutely not. You're completely right. And actually, that's kind of why I was telling the story, because I was really proud of myself. Mm. <laughs> what you've done is you've broken the seal on the idea that engaging with this stuff is always going to be a horror. Correct. It, it, very dreary, impossible to understand, aggressive. It's just actually holding for a bit and then saying, oh, you know, this isn't yeah. great. And someone saying, oh, I'll help you out then. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So, and you get to have a chat with you know Ian in Hartlepool. So <laughs> yes, you yes. know I've, I've got no problems with that. What I'll say is I'm a mad list person. Like I'm showing you a book here with literally it's just list to do work to do life, and I do it you know every couple of days, and probably the same thing and just put over to the next page. But you know I love the idea of just writing a list, and then you know, even the small things like the tiny, tiny, tiny things you know, make the bed or something, just so you can cross it off and feel emotionally better about it. But write down a list of all the things that you think, so, you know, what do I pay? Check check my mobile and broadband. When am I off my contract? When you're off your contract, make a note in your phone, you know, a bit like an Amazon Prime. I want to cancel it, you know, make a note of when it ends, the free deal, cancel it immediately, when just before it does it. So do those things and cross it off the list. And you just feel so much more in control of it. And it, it, if you don't do it, and I, I joked about moving the things that I haven't done over to the next day, that's okay too, because yeah. you've got another day. Don't yeah. put pressure on yourself. If you can achieve one of those things on your list for today, great, well done you. You know, crack open a bottle of wine and have a glass or whatever. You know, just yeah, yeah. don't no, put so much pressure on yourself. Yeah. 
I'm making should, notes. I know, literally. And Annabelle is currently offline because she's writing lists frantically. Yeah, I am. I, I, I have been known to, to be honest, I've been known to make lists of things I've already done. Just just put them on the list so that I could immediately right. cross them off. I, I, did, I did the same. I did the same. I, you know, I had to go to the post office today and I thought I've done nothing on my to-do life list. Um, so I wrote that down just so I could cross it off. And that's okay too. Psychologically, yeah. I feel better. Exactly. You know? But it is. It's, actually, I have so much, so much of money is psychology and whenever I give advice or I don't give advice it's not regulated etc but whenever I talk about money and guidance you know I always say know thyself right that's my number one tip because when it comes to money knowing your behavior towards it is half the battle if you want to change if you want to stop things like over splurging on your work out why you are overspending when are you overspending? Is it late at night? Have you had an argument with your partner? You know, it's those sorts of things. Is there something that you can do? Okay, I know that when I've had a row or when I'm feeling lonely, I don't have a partner or whatever, and I'm lying in bed at night, I can go online shopping. Is there something you can do instead? Can you put your phone downstairs? Can you turn it off? Can you make sure, please do this anyway, make sure no companies save your credit card or bank details because it just makes it so easy for you just to press spend. If you have to put that 16 digit number in, uh, hopefully, you know, by the end of it, you won't have to, but give yourself 24 hour breathing space before. I just think it's so important. I would say this when you're about to go into a relationship with someone, know them as well. Know what their behavior towards money is. Are they spenders and your savers? Those are the biggest reasons that relationships break up. But it's all very well me telling you to, to understand your partner's behavior if you don't understand your own. Yeah. So cool. think about your parents. What were they like with money? What was it like when you were growing up? You know, did they have a lot of arguments about it? You know, my parents were very, very time poor. The scientist's dad and a doctor mum and I never saw them. So what did they do? They bought us gifts, right? They didn't have a huge amount of money, but they bought us gifts because they didn't have any time. So I've come to discover or learn in my life that the way I respond to people, if I've done anything wrong, if I want to say thank you, is I give them gifts. I don't know if you know about the love languages, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm oh, definitely, yes. yeah, yeah, I'm all over the gifts, right? And it's, I think a large degree is because I see that as a, as a replication of love because of I didn't have that time. So it's just useful for me to understand, you know, to save myself money rather than every time I've done, you know, a mistake or I want to say something to someone, just pick up the phone, yeah. write a letter, <laughs> right? Don't, don't spend loads of money on flowers and stuff. Yeah. As lovely as they are, think about your own wallet. And some people just prefer, you. most people will prefer you just to get up on the phone and call them. Yeah, on your new keeper contract. So <laughs> exactly. going to be okay. Exactly. Everything's going to be okay. You are a very empowering person, Georgie. I know. I could bottle that feeling of security, of financial independence and what it gives you to people. You make better decisions. You know, otherwise, it's a spiral. When you're worried about money, you don't sleep as well, you make worse decisions, you get in worse debt, blah, 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 blah. And it goes around and around in circles. Stop the spiral. You know, start. Yes, just start. Just start. So that's the takeaway, really, yeah. isn't it? For, for, for the fragrance of odour financial security, which is the one that we want forever. <laughs> just start. Just start. Well, thank you for coming and putting Rocket Up Our Asses. It's exactly <laughs> what we needed on a, on, on a chilly late winter day. And, um, and we're huge fans. So you can find Georgie usually where, on your This Is Money podcast. Correct. So exactly. I do This Is Money podcast. I am a broadcaster and writer for Times Money Mentor. Uh, you can hear me on talk radio, on BBC and on Times Radio every Monday at 9.45 with tips. 
and all sorts of places, Twitter yeah, and other. Yeah. You know, there's some bad folk on Twitter. It's just, sometimes it's not a nice place to be. I like Instagram better. That's where I met you, and so that's why exactly. I exactly. Like. That's our. So Georgie's not hard to find. We're not hard to find. Yeah. Um, so we'll just say thank you so much for coming and Thanks, sharing Georgie. your wisdom. Thanks, thank Georgie. You. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Annabelle Rivkin and Emily McMeekin of The Middle. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe. This podcast was bravely brought to you by Pension B. Pension planning without the pain. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.